1: Keyshawn
2: J. Will and Zubin, the podcast.
1: That last voice was Brian Greasy of ESPN's Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football. It's a big Monday morning for Trey Lance. We'll get to him throughout the course of the morning, but we want to focus in on Zach Wilson, the presumptive number two pick, as we are rolling. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Goodyear Hotline. If you're a big baseball fan, what's going on with the Yankees? How about the Dodgers and Padres trying to become baseball's newest Fun rivalry, Jeff Pass and baseball's best insider coming up in 30 minutes. Keyshawn Johnson is here. Chris Canty, the Super Bowl champion is here. Both of these guys made their hay in New York. Key, of course, is the number one overall pick a quarter century ago. We're coming up on the twenty fifth anniversary. No, that, that's a good thing. I'm not I'm not saying that <laughs> just uh, no, it's like a momentous twenty fifth anniversary. We
3: zoom put it out there like that, don't <laughs> it? I ain't, I ain't
1: trying to do that though? <laughs> and of a course a quarter century ago. It's <laughs> an anniversary. Yeah. When you get married, you'll know. So Chris obviously is a Super Bowl champion. Key's a Super Bowl champion. And these guys know how to handle New York. So the question is, you know, uh once a guy named Joe William Namath, Joe Willie Namath, went from Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania to New York City, and he adjusted well, as he guaranteed he would. Zachary Capono Wilson is looking to go from Draper, Utah to New York City, if indeed Gangrene selects him with the number two overall pick. Chris, you played here. You won a Super Bowl in this market. There's been some discussion. Rich Cimini, our fine Jets reporter who covers the team 24-7 for ESPN, Talked about whether handling the pressure is going to be an issue. Utah, laid back, not a lot of people, right? No pro teams in the NFL. Obviously, you have one pro team, the Jazz, in the entire state. New York's a different animal. Is it legit to question, because of the background, that it might be a little bit of an adjustment for him? And is this New York hype thing a real thing? Eli was laconic, and it didn't seem to bother him that much.
3: Well, here's the thing. I don't know if it's legit to question it because of his background, but I think it does does become more of a question when you talk about the organization that he's poised to go to. The New York Jets don't have a great track record of developing quarterbacks. I mean, the last Pro Bowl quarterback that they ended up drafting, you got to go back to Ken O'Brien, and that was in the 80s. So, I mean, that's a long time ago. So, I mean, this organization hasn't been good at being able to develop young signal callers, but the one thing that I will say that Zach Wilson does have in his favor is that it seems like everybody within the Jets organization is in alignment when it comes to him being the future franchise guy. Like with Sam Donald, I mean, he, he wasn't really Adam Gase's guy. Adam Gase kind of had to take the job because there was no other team that was going to make him a head coach in that hiring cycle. I mean, they moved on from Mike McCagnin, so Sam Donald wasn't really Joe Douglas's guy. It feels like there's an opportunity for Zach Wilson to, to, to have things go his way and to have an opportunity to develop because the infrastructure, everybody that's a part of making the decision on what they're doing with the second overall pick – is on board with him being the second overall pick.
4: You know, having come to New York as the number one overall pick in a, to a franchise that won two games prior to the year you know I was drafted, the pressure is felt by players, no matter where you were drafted at, and no matter what sport you play in whether it's baseball, basketball, hockey, soccer, whatever it is, New York has a different sort of mentality on a lot of different levels. It can eat you alive if you're not equipped to handle it Um, because there's so much pressure from outsiders within the media to get a story, to build a story, to do all sorts of things. And in this day and age, there is just no back page. There's no back page of the New York Post only and the Newsday and the Times and all. There's all these different sources of media outlets, whether it's on your phone, whether it's you picking up the computer, whether it's just simply seeing something as you walk down the streets, big billboard or something. It's it's everywhere. That's not it in Utah. It's a little bit different. It's quiet. You know, the the most you're going to hear is, There's a a snowstorm coming, and we're gonna have great snow to go ski. That's pretty much it. It's it's subdued. The moment you get off to a bad start in New York, the expectations are so high that when you go two and four, uh oh, uh oh. The flip side of that is if you go six and oh. Now, can you handle? What comes with going 6-0? and What comes with going 9-1? and What comes with going to the playoffs? I mean, I watched a, 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 a former USC Trojan in Mark Sanchez come to New York, go to two straight AFC championship games, and in the end he wasn't good enough. Mm. Because as I told Mark, and I tell Mark to this day, I told him back then, just because you start having success, don't start embracing what comes with it because you will get lost in all of it, the expectations. Now I'm on the front of GQ magazine, and I'm dating a celebrity, and I'm blah, 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 I'm out here. You don't need to do all that. You mentioned Eli Manning. Eli Manning, just nice and easy. I'm just going to hide over here mm-hmm. and shh, be quiet and win a few games. I'm not going to say anything and, and, and just keep it a couple goofy commercials here and there, and that's pretty much it. (laughs) And that's how you handle it until you're ready for it. When you start diving into that stuff, you can get swallowed up. I've watched many athletes, many come through New York as the top dogs on the board in New York, swallowed them up because they had success in New York, kicked them out because they didn't have success and they didn't know how to handle either. Started, that's the question <laughs> that I have, Chris, Yeah. with Zach Wilson. Can he handle either side? Because he's going to get both.
3: He's going to get both. Oh, 100%. And New York is a place of extremes. I mean, you talked about athletes, but that's just people in general. New York City is yeah. undefeated. Like, it's going to be hard to be consistent whether you're good or whether you're bad. And so it's just one of those things as a player you have to understand You can never get too high. You can never get too low. You have to be focused on the process and trying to constantly improve your craft. You don't want to become a celebrity quarterback because we've seen how that ends up working out. But with Zach Wilson in particular, I just feel like what he's walking into, the situation that he's coming into, it's a relatively low bar to clear. I mean, Sam Donald didn't have a great tenure as the Jets' starting quarterback, and the team was really bad last year. They were in the running to have the number one overall pick going into the final month of the season. So, I mean, you're talking about a team that was 2-14 and 14 last year, and you're talking about a quarterback over his three years as the Jets guy that had more turnovers than he, did, than he did touchdown passes. So that's what Zach Wilson is walking into, and people are always infatuated with what's new and what's different. And so I feel like they are going to be – You know, relative to the second overall pick, lower expectations for Zach Wilson just because of what preceded him. And so I feel like there'll be an opportunity for him to come along and develop the you know properly or you know at his pace, so to speak, rather than this being this you know pressure cooker type of situation where he's got to deliver in year one.
4: I, I just think the expectations for the number, whether you're one or two. Those expectations are high because you are you are basically put on a pedestal to save the organization. Mm-hmm. You're put on this pedestal. You've got to deliver. Expectations of Sam Darnold. He's he's leaving the he's leaving it pretty much empty. You can walk in one game more. Oh my God! You win mm-hmm. three games. It's like okay, we got we're we're at a positive side now. That it, it's just that I worry about somebody coming from a small city to New York city, both from a positive standpoint and a negative standpoint on how to handle that. Because even though it's him, there's people around you that may be working with your agency that all of a sudden opportunities come up and the first thing they want to do is jump on the opportunity. They want to put the, the cart before the horse, so to speak. They don't want to give it an opportunity time to develop because again, they're not only working for you, they're also working for themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and so the moment that something comes up, they jump on it. And now those expectations are even heightened even more because you're on the front cover of something or, or you're, you're, you're all of a sudden doing multiple interviews on national shows every time we look up. And then if things don't go the way it's supposed to, how can they handle the crisis management side of things with people like Zubin? Start to go at you, you know, for not living up to the expectations. I done been on both sides in New York City. It didn't affect me because I was coming from L.A. Mm-hmm. So I, the noise was like, whatever. And then the whole uh, uh, positive stuff was like, yeah, okay, what, what's it about? I was able to handle it and, and embraced it, and it, be, it didn't become a problem for me. But I've watched some of my teammates, and I've watched others from afar. It, it became a problem for them. And it's just something that derailed their careers where they did not necessarily get off to a fast start and it wind up hurting them on the long run.
3: Yeah, as a young athlete in New York coming to this city with expectations, it's just important to keep things in their proper perspective. There are a lot of things that come along with playing professional sports in New York City, a lot of good things. But you have to also understand as an athlete, it's like these things are only here if I produce as a player. And that's what you want Zach Wilson, because he's the second overall pick, to understand coming from an environment like he's coming from in BYU, like this is going to be a little bit different. There are going to be a lot of positive things that come along with it, but you also have to understand like you have a job to do, and that should be the focus, not trying to be out here and, and promoting your brand or, or marketing or anything like that. You need to focus on being the best quarterback you can be, and trying to set the agenda for our program because this is a ground-up rebuild that Rob Sala and Joe Douglas are going through now. And Zach Wilson is going to have to be at the heart of it.
1: Let's bring in Alan Hahn, host of Barton Hahn ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, big Jet fan. All right, so uh, the fellas have weighed in. On whether they think Zach Wilson will be able to adjust if he is indeed the number two overall pick to the Jets, what are your thoughts?
5: I think he has to be a guy that uh, that that has the right people around him, of course. And you want to see what his you know, it's a young guy coming into New York who's really been mainly uh, there in Utah for his whole life, but yet seems to have that. It's the opposite of Trevor Lawrence; he has the chip on his shoulder. I mean, he's the guy with you know, with the Jim McMahon headbands with every message possible on it, and the wristbands with you know. Prove him wrong and all that stuff. I, I kind of like that part of it. I do. Because I do think that he's somebody that if he's obsessed with proving people wrong and obsessed with the idea of showing everybody I'm the player that you don't think I can be, the guy that the that, that Utah wouldn't give a scholarship to because he already had a quarterback. Who the hell is that kid? Because he did he's not in the draft. Right? So so he's got all that stuff coming in, coming into New York with that prove it mentality. I like that better because I don't feel like that. the more I read about him. It doesn't sound as much like Johnny Manziel want to come in here, you know, with the finger guns and let's have a party. Like this, this sounds more like a guy that might be more Tom Brady and less Johnny Manziel. That's what I'd like to know about him. But, as Chris, you know this, playing in New York, Keyshawn, nobody knows it more than you do. You come into New York with expectations. You're a high draft pick, and it's okay, kid, show us what you got. And if you don't do it right away, you're going to hear about it. And how does he handle that? That's the bigger question.
3: Well, here's the thing, Alan. And we're having this conversation. I don't know that it's going to be the same kind of pressure that you would normally get from a quarterback being taken with the second overall pick coming off of the Sam Darnold years. What's your take on that situation, that dynamic, what Zach Wilson is walking into?
5: In, in what regard, though, you mean in, because that we already went through this with Sam and it failed? Is that what you mean?
3: No, what I mean is because Sam Darnold was so bad, it's a low bar to clear for Zach Wilson. <laughs> oh That's what I mean.
5: <laughs> Sugar-coated by, don't you, Chris? Uh, I mean – no, I, don't, I, don't, I think it's apples and oranges. It's a new regime, so it's we're going to do this again, I feel like, right? I almost feel like, I see what you're saying, is that just don't suck and you'll be fine, right? Is that what you're saying? I, I still think you're held, though, to a higher standard because it's been so long, right? I, I don't think it's if he can just manage the game, like if he's just Mark Sanchez. Mark went into a team that had a ton of veterans, that defense was all set. You know that offensive line I mean they they he he didn't have to do much this this group's gonna still be a young group, so he's gonna have to do some stuff, and the game is a lot different now too. I don't know if you're gonna see as much ground and pound as as they were able to get away with with mark, so I do think that you're gonna watch this kid and you're gonna say you're gonna I, I want you to just dazzle me, let me see the the throw of the pro day season on a Sunday. Let me see it because I saw it with no defense, I need to see it now, otherwise another guy like. Like, I'm telling you guys, this is how it's going to go. I'm going to sit there. It's going to be like week three, and he's going to throw an interception. Like, oh, here we go. This guy sucks. Who's next? Like, you know that's going to happen. And that's how does he handle that if it does early on?
4: Next quarterback for the New York Jets, Arch Manning. Stay tuned. <laughs> exactly. Speaking, exactly. Let's tank for Arch. Speaking of staying stay tuned, the Knicks have won six in a row. So stop smiling right now. I can't. Uh, Han, I can't. Right? So I can't can't stop. So so, (laughs) where are they at? I know there's six in the Eastern Conference. but truly
5: a half game out of fourth key. No, a half game out of fourth though. Like really, hosting a first round. Just think about this: hosting a first round series is a half a game away. It's a half game away for the New York Knicks to host a a a playoff series to be the to have home court advantage. Zion loves Madison Square Guard. You heard him. To oh have God, that, here we go. to have that, are you serious? To have the ability to be the home court advantage in a playoff series after eight years of not even sniffing the playoffs. That's insane to say that with 14 games to go. So, no, the smile's not coming off my face because everybody's telling me, oh, they're going to let you down. Allen, don't fall for it. They're going to let you down. Well, there's 14 games to go. And they're pretty much like we're looking at, I think 538 has them at like 70-something percent chance of of, of clinching a playoff berth. I'm feeling pretty good right now.
4: Mm. Let me ask you this. You mentioned Zion. What was your reaction to Zion? Take a listen to this. If we can play it. (laughs) Uh, I'd love love to hear it again. I love playing here. Uh, I, I played here in college, and this is my first time playing here in the pros, and I mean, this this atmosphere, you know, whether they're cheering for you, whether they're booing for you, uh, it's amazing. Uh, uh, Honestly, I think outside of New Orleans, obviously, uh, I think this might be my
5: favorite place to play outside of New Orleans. I can't even lie to you. I can't lie to you. The obligatory outside of New Orleans, of course, catching himself. Speaking of take the smile off your face while you're talking, I mean, everybody listening to that, if you didn't watch the video, big smile on his face, right? Like, couldn't wait to say it. Now, you want my reaction? This is my reaction. I have for years, I, actually, since the Kevin Durant stuff, I've said I'm no longer going to do this to myself. Well, guys, yeah, no, I'm back off the wagon. <laughs> like, I am, completely, I, I am completely off the wagon now. Like, I am all – like, just hearing him gush about the garden, can I just remind you there's only 2,000 people in the building? Like, that, that kind of a game – like, that kind of a game yesterday afternoon with 18,000 people in that building – would have been insanity to come. They, they were done. They were down seven, three minutes ago. They were down six with 90 seconds to go. The game was over. They looked terrible for really a, a good portion of the second half of that game. Just really couldn't make a shot. And then out of the blue, they come back. They make a couple of big shots. Derek Rose, vintage Derrick Rose. And then, of course, thank you, Lonzo Ball, for deciding to leave the one shooter on the floor that the Knicks have. And a big shot for Reggie Bullock to make in front of the opposing team's bench. So all that happens. Can you? Imba- I mean, I've been in the building with Melo on on, a, on, a, on Easter. Hits a huge three to force overtime at the buzzer against the Bulls. The place shakes. It shakes, guys. The floor shakes. You realize the garden is on the, the 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 playing court is on the fifth floor. So there's like it shakes when it when it when people scream the way they do in that building when the team wins and team plays well. So Zion has no idea, really, what the atmosphere is like. He heard 2,000 people and he loves it. Can you imagine when he's in there when it's 18,000 people? So it's, it's great to hear. I guess I'll ask the question again. Are the, are the Knicks cool now? Can we say that? I'm not sure. Because they, they are playing well, and now you've got the superstar of the future of the NBA saying how much he loves to play in that building, and his best friend, by the way, is also on the Knicks team. Here we go. Keep an eye on this. There you go.
3: Alan. I got to ask you because you brought him up in a couple of references in that last answer. How concerned are you about this latest Kevin Durant injury and how it affects the Brooklyn Nets in their championship run?
5: I'm not am not overly concerned. I think they're putting these guys in bubble wrap. I think the Nets are that team that knows how good they can be and it's a matter of let's just be healthy in May when it matters most. I really do. I think they they're overmanaging and I would do the same thing. They're overmanaging the injuries to make sure that when it's win-in-time in May and June that they have these guys at 100% and that's when they're going to need them most. So, I am my my concern level for the Nets is like you know, from 1 to 10 is like 1.
4: Yes, and that's kind of the same way I feel even about the Lakers when you're talking about the season started 71 days after winning a championship yeah. to the point where the Nets, the Lakers, they kind of, you know, the guys could play if they really needed to play, but it's like well, it doesn't matter about You don't seeding. have to play. I don't exactly. need to play yeah, exactly. whether I'm the one seed or the six seed or whatever the case is. We're better than the teams in front of us anyway. But especially
5: the mileage, Key. The mileage is the other thing, as you just mentioned. The Lakers took it to the limit last year, so they didn't have much of a break. So here's your break. Go ahead, LeBron. Take extra time. Come on. You know, AD can take extra time. Now we got to get him ramped up, which he'll be back. I think, I think it's this week, right? Yeah. So I know I saw, I saw you guys ask the question, and I want to flip it because I know the question is certainly is, is who do you trust more, right? Is, is it uh, the Sixers, the Nets, or, or, or the Bucks in the East? But I, I want to add this caveat. It's, it's All right, so who do you trust more to come out of the East, those three teams? But who do you trust the most against the healthy Lakers team? I don't know if I trust anybody more than I trust the Nets against the healthy Lakers team.
4: Yeah, I, it, it would be the Nets, right. for sure. The healthy right. You
5: could argue a healthy the Sixers. Nets. You could argue, though. See, I hate when we agree. K. You could argue. So I'm going to change it. I will say the Sixers because I trust them defensively against the Lakers. Otherwise, we're talking about a shootout. You can have maybe a Finals games at 140 to 138. Like I think you have you you have a Sixers team that can play defense because we know the Lakers can't. So I think the one team that I feel like could make it a a series without any other, you know, without any excuses, because the Sixers and Doc Rivers know what they're doing when it comes to defense. And you're going to need that against that Lakers team if they're at full health.
4: Well, the the Sixers have the length for sure. Let me ask you this, though, before we let you get out of here. Uh, Steph Curry, MVP conversation.
5: Yeah, only because of the injuries, right? I mean, I think Embiid should have it locked up. Obviously, you know, media nerds are going to vote for Jokic, even though they shouldn't. They know they shouldn't, but they're going to because they relate to him. They all have the same body type. But I really think it's going to be Embiid. It should be Embiid. But you can start talking about Steph as he's climbing towards taking the scoring crown away from Bradley Beal. I mean, the run he's been on is insane.
1: What I really like about Steph, not that this would engender a vote, but he has been openly critical of his teammates after losses. It's not the placid Steph we're used to seeing. You know, when you go to five straight NBA finals, there's nothing to be upset about. But he is letting guys have it after games. And it's a side of Steph we haven't seen before. And frankly, one I'm enjoying seeing. That is for sure. Bottom line, Nets, Lakers, AD, LeBron, Harden, Kyrie, and Kevin on the court at the same time. If you're not going to watch the NBA there, you'll probably never watch it again. (laughs) We'll wait to see what happens. Playoffs about a month away. Bart and Alan, Noon Eastern, Weekdays ESPN Radio, ESPN+. Plus. Alan, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. All right. On the way, the best rivalry in baseball, and it's one that probably wasn't a rivalry for most of you this past week. And what's going on with the Yankees? Off to a miserable start. All of that after Key has this from Indeed.
4: Connoisseur of case management or guru of global sales Whoever you're looking to hire, you can find them at Indeed. Sponsor a job post at Indeed's Instant Match searches millions of resumes in their database and immediately delivers a list of quality candidates whose resume fits your job description. You can add an Indeed skills test so candidates can show you you their skills that go way beyond the resume. No wonder Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Breaking moves from across the pond. Tottenham Hotspur has sacked manager Jose Mourinho. Breaking moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning
6: team today. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports.
3: This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin.
1: He was fired up. Dodgers found a way to win 11-6 plating runs. They found a way to win pitching great 2 nothing. Padres took it on Sunday. Dodgers take 2-3. of three. They'll play again Thursday through Sunday, this time in L.A. with the capper on ESPN's Sunday Night Baseball, which is great because the country then will get to see this great rivalry in its own spot exclusive window. Keyshawn Jay Will in presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive's home Quote explorer gives you multiple options so you can pick what's right for you. See for yourself at progressive.com. Let's bring in baseball's best insider, Jeff Passan. All right, Jeff, this is a relatively new rivalry. I would assume to most fans, but the Dodgers and Padres have been chirping now for the better part of the last several months, stretching back, the truncated 2020 season. What was your biggest takeaway? What are people buzzing about in baseball circles after watching this, even though the Dodgers took two of three? Highly competitive and at times emotional series.
0: Thank God there's 16 more of these because, guys, this is what baseball should be. It should be filled with great players. It should be filled with emotion. It should be filled with... Highlight plays. It should be filled with excitement. It should be filled with two teams that do not like each other, making April feel like October. And, and that's what the feeling was this weekend. It wasn't just the quality of the baseball being played. It was the intensity there. And it's intensity that you just don't typically see in an April baseball game and the fact that they're going to be going head to head again next week and 16 more times this season is, is one of the exciting things about baseball. I mean, you get a chance to have division rivals in particular go against each other a lot. And and while a balanced schedule is more fair, the unbalanced schedule that baseball has allows rivalries like this to really reach their potential.
4: Jeff, is this really a rivalry though? Think about it. The Padres haven't been in this situation. They haven't been in this situation in a very long time. I mean, they're they're chasing us, but is it really a rivalry?
0: Well, let's put it this way. It's more of a rivalry than Dodgers Giants are right now. And baseball is looking for rivalries anywhere it can get them. And, and if you're telling me that these two teams that don't really like one another, that have great games, that are near one another uh, in in terms of location, and that have stars, don't constitute a rivalry. I'm not sure what does exactly. You know, this is not Duke Carolina. This is not Red Sox-Yankees. This is not Packers-Bears. But what this is, is something that's burgeoning right now. And when one of the people involved is signed to a 14-year, $342 million deal and the other is signed to a 13-year, $392 million deal, you know Mookie Betts and Fernando Tatis Jr. are going to be around for a really long time to see this thing through to the end. And that, to me, knowing that the best players on each respective team are going to be there for a decade plus, Allows you to project out the idea that these teams are going to be around and be competitive for that long, too.
4: You know, we took care of business against them this past stand, two to one. Now he's mentioned 16 more of these. We get them starting on Thursday for four. What do you expect to see in the next four games that we play him at Chavez Ravine? Uh, I
0: think that all of the. Passion that we saw from Padres fans and the beat LA chance and the excitement that was at Petco Park is going to be doubled at Chavez Ravine and and I think it's because it, it, it's not that Dodgers fans look at Padres the Padres as a threat. I think Dodgers fans look at Padre at the Padres as the team maybe that brings out the best. In their team And I think that was illustrated this weekend Whether it was Mookie Betts' catch Whether it was Clayton Kershaw Getting angry and screaming at jerks And Profar, like There was some serious emotion Going on in those games And as much as the Dodgers Don't want to admit that the Padres Are anywhere near their level And, and the truth is I'm not sure anyone's near the Dodgers level uh, I think the Dodgers Understand too that A team like the Padres will bring out the best in them, and they respond and react
3: to that as well. Jeff, on one end of the spectrum, you got the Padres and the Dodgers. On the other end, you got my New York Yankees. They've lost five straight, as we've mentioned before. It's their worst start since the 97 season, but they got it turned around that year and won 96 games. In order for the Yankees to get this thing turned around, I know they have to start hitting, but what else has to happen in order for them to get this season back on track?
0: I mean, they need two things. They need to start hitting, and they need better starting pitching outside of, of Garrett Cole. Uh, Corey Kluber has not been good so far. Jamison Tyon has been, yeah, so far. Um, you know, Domingo Herman's not even there anymore. Uh, hasn't been good. It's been Cole, kind of Jordan Montgomery, and a really good bullpen. But, but it is the hitting. Their best hitter right now... Is their backup catcher <laughs> Kyle Gashioka has the best numbers right now on the New York Yankees, and you know the Yankees are so bad. Jay Bruce retired. Uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> where we are right now. <laughs> and, and you look up and down the lineup, and you're like, this team should be better. But John Carlos Stanton's hitting 176, Cliff Frazier's hitting 167, Aaron Hicks is hitting 160. For Torres, one ninety six. It's just not a good team right now. I will say this: I think when it's all said and done, the Yankees are actually going to be, if not at the top of the standings in the American League East, very close to there. It's not like their five and ten record is backed up by this miserable run differential they've only been outscored by nine runs that tends not to equal five games under 500 after 15 so i think this is all going to even out and i think they're going to be all right i'm i'm not anywhere close to panic mode with the
3: yankees yet Jeff, you brought up the starting pitching. At what point do people start to criticize Brian Cashman for not being more aggressive in the offseason? Because he took some huge swings with bringing over Corey Kluber and Jamison Tyon, Mm -hmm. knowing the injury history that those guys have had the last couple of years. When do people start looking at Cashman sideways when it comes to the starting pitching not being fortified or dressed the way that a lot of fans would have liked to have seen this past offseason?
0: Oh, I think with fans and with people, it's happening already. Uh, I think it's premature. Uh, I, I, I'll be honest. If, if baseball could start on April 1st and I didn't have to say a word about the sport until May 15th, it would make my life much easier. Because I, I, you know, I spend like the first six weeks of the season uh, saying, hey, don't panic, don't panic, don't panic, don't panic. Small sample. In the middle of the season, if the Yankees lost 10 out of 15 games, it wouldn't make much of a difference because they got off to a great start. And every team has blips. Some teams just have blips at the beginning of the season. Some pitchers, particularly those coming off of injury, take a little while to get back. And it's not until we're at about the 40 you know, or so game mark where I feel like I can look at a team or look at a player and say, okay, This may be what we've got right now. And if Kluber and Tyon continue to struggle at that point, then I think the criticism toward Brian Cashman may start to be warranted. Until then, it just feels like we're a little bit early in the process, and it's a little unfair to be casting those stones.
1: And, Jeff, we got to run, but real quick, instead of the passive-aggressive take, what is the passing-aggressive take for the week?
0: Uh, The passive-aggressive take for the week is that uh, I come on to the show and we talk about the Dodgers and the Yankees uh, while the first-place Kansas City Royals, uh, best team in the American League, get nary a mention. Uh, because clearly uh, you guys hate people who live in the Midwest.
1: (laughs) Let me give you one guess where Jeff currently resides. (laughs) Kansas City, Missouri. uh, We
0: love people in Missouri.
1: (laughs) My Uh passive-aggressive. I
0: I can tell. I can tell. Good work, guys. Thanks.
1: (laughs) You got it. One more Midwest note for Jeff. Uh, The Cubs not hitting. That would be my passive-aggressive take. He just reeled off the Yankee lineup. The Cubs lineup, not much better. Jeff, thank you very much. Appreciate you joining us this morning. Jeff Passan on the Goodyear hotline (laughs) brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. So obviously keep an eye on the Kansas City Royals on the way. Hertz, Tua, Jones, Young. You may recognize some of those names, maybe not that last one. You're about to. We'll explain after Key has this from Straight Talk Wireless.
4: It's time for some Straight Talk. Sure, saving money feels good, but cutting your wireless bill in half, that feels even better, like a walk-off home run in the ninth inning. Good. Okay, maybe not that good, but pretty darn good. With Straight Talk, you can get 25 gigs of high-speed data for 45 bucks a month, up to 50% less than the other guys, plus no contract, All on America's best networks. Why pay a whole lot when
6: you can pay half? Straight Talk Wireless. No contract. No compromise.
2: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
3: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive
6: Out of the block, in the
1: house, key at 18 in the house, Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented Mm. by Progressive Insurance, all of our guests on the Goodyear hotline. It's time to go real or not real with some of the biggest things we saw in sports over the weekend, Dev. Yeah, and real or not real is brought to you by Modal Combat, see it in theaters and on HBO Max, April 23rd, rated R. Zion Williamson will play for the Knicks, real or not real.
3: Real. There you go.
4: Real. He'll 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 find But put it this way, he won't finish in New Orleans. Now, whether it's the Knicks or somebody else, he won't finish in New Orleans. That's for sure. And I think his sights could potentially be set on the Knicks. He's a big personality. He continues to play at the level he's playing. I mean, small market teams. With superstars, it just doesn't last.
3: No, and you see that the Pelicans haven't done a great job with former number one overall picks in terms of making it a place that they would want to stay. Anthony Davis ended up forcing his way out and getting to the Lakers. I think Zion eventually does that as well. He doesn't finish up his time with the Pelicans. Like, he's going to move. And the way he gushed about the Knicks and playing in Madison Square Garden in the postgame yesterday it feels like that would be one of the places that's on his short list of destinations.
1: I'll say not real. I think part of his appeal, and by the way, this is 100% genuine. I think he's a great kid. Um, I think part of his appeal is he's a people pleaser. He likes people. And I just think if a guy like that went to the Knicks, it would be seen as like a little bit of like a villainous move, like, oh, here we go again. And I just think he would realize that that's not who he is.
4: Well, the president of the New York Knicks came from CAA. Leon Rose. His representatives are where?
3: CAA. Mm-hmm.
4: So just start connecting yeah, yeah. the little dots. And That's one, of his, I'm and one of his best friends
3: is R.J.
1: Barrett.
4: And R.J. Barrett is one of his best friends on the Knicks. I'm just connecting the little,
1: you know, just putting it all together. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of breadcrumbs. Makes a lot of sense. Guys, Bryce Young winning the MVP of the Alabama Spring Game. Is this a real story or not a real story? Zubin, start with you. It's a real story. I don't know if you guys saw. There was almost 45,000 fans at the Alabama Spring Game on Saturday. It's, in fact, <laughs> the largest crowd. Super spreader. Yeah, it was the largest crowd for a sporting event in the United States since the coronavirus What are they doing? <laughs> 45,000 people. I will say this is a legit big deal because a lot of people thought, believe it or not, and Key, you've mentioned this, a lot of people thought Bryce Yango was going to come in as a true freshman and beat out Mac Jones. The story became Mac Jones for obvious reasons, but the fact that people thought this guy's a true freshman could start for Alabama is notable. There's not a lot of true freshmen that are starting in the SEC period, much less Alabama. It didn't get done because he obviously had Mac in front of him, but he waited his NFL. turn, looked good in front of a huge crowd. And I think this is a big deal because this is just the confirmation of what many people already thought about the kid.
4: Yeah, the kid's a good kid. He better make it to the NFL and make a whole lot of money because otherwise, <laughs> he ain't going to be able to come back to Southern California.
1: You know what? He
4: bolted? Yes! He was supposed to be at USC. He decommitted from USC to go to Alabama. So all I'm saying is, you know, those people out west, they don't forget. Mm-hmm. Wow,
3: you're not going to let her forget, are you, Key? You're not even going to let her forget. You're going to keep bringing it up, aren't you? I'm just saying, when it's all said and done, sometimes you got to
4: come back home. And when you made the decision to go to Tuscaloosa. Home might not feel like home when home you get might back not, there. And he went to modern day. Matt Barkley, wow. Matt Liner. I mean, that, you don't know. No, absolutely <laughs> not. You don't leave Southern California in modern day to go to Alabama and then
3: think you can just come back to L.A. Nah. Mm
6: -mm.
3: Yeah, I'm going to say not real. This is not a real story. I mean, we come to expect this from Alabama quarterbacks in the last five or six years. I mean, the next guy in line is going to put up huge numbers. It's kind of like what we've seen at the quarterback position at Oklahoma under Lincoln Riley. Like, you're going to have these uber-productive quarterbacks. That's just what it is because that's the style of ball that they play now under Nick Saban.
4: It's real, and the reason it's real, though, is because he's legit. He is a legit quarterback, no question about it, man. He would have – and no matter where he would have gone to school, that's exactly what you would have seen out of him. I mean, he's legit.
1: Key, Dodgers-Padres is the new Red Sox-Yankees, real or not real?
4: No, not real. When was the last time the 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 Padres ever even won a World Series? Like no, when? Like no. when? 1822 or something? I don't. They like, didn't go no. to the World
1: Series against the Yankees in yeah, 98. Yeah,
4: But no, it's it's not a uh, it's not a, a real thing, not at all. I mean, I, I understand we want to manufacture it because of you, Darvich and Machado played for the Dodgers for a short stint there. It's two two hours up south, uh, up
3: the road. I would call it down south, two hours from L.A. I mean, it's not. Nah, no, nah, I'm with Key on this one. It's not real. Although I will say this, the Padres, Padres are on their way. Like they're on their way. This is a young man, team. The Colorado Rockies. No, nah, they on it. No, the Rockies are the worst team in baseball. Oh, Don't but say the Colorado Rockies, the Rockies had the worst a little. Team in baseball. So did
4: the Arizona Diamondbacks. They had this nah, whole little. This is, like, oh, this we is we coming key, for the Dodgers. Key,
3: key, this is different, man. Oh this is man, different. same thing. With Tatis Jr. And, and with Hosmer and with Machado, this is. This is a little bit different when you start talking about this Padres team. Like They're they're going to be a thorn in the Dodgers' side. This is not going to be the Dodgers walking away with the NL West crown. That ain't happening this year. Okay.
1: I would say not real, just because the Yankees-Red Sox obviously goes back to Babe Ruth, and this is just a rivalry that's budding. But I will say to Chris's point, Dodgers-Padres is ascending – Yankees-Red Sox is descending. I don't care what anybody said. This It's a rivalry, yes. It just is not even close to being the same as what it used to be. But, relatively speaking, still miles ahead of Padres Dodgers. Yep. Steph Curry has 10 straight games with 30 or more points. Tonight, he goes to break the NBA record, which is held by Kobe Bryant, in Kobe's hometown. Steph Curry will break Kobe's record tonight. Real.
4: Yeah. I mean, that's that's easy for him. They're banged up, and he takes a lot of shots, so... I mean, he, he's, come on, man, the dude is a beast. There's I mean, nothing else you can say. I mean, I don't even, some of the shots that he puts up is just so unreal, it makes no sense. It makes zero sense.
3: Yeah, I'm going to say it's real, too, just because the Golden State Warriors need Steph Curry yeah. to be otherworldly. Right now, they're clinging to one of those spots in the play-in tournament, and Steph Curry is going to continue to have to drop 30-plus in order for them to have a chance to stay in that position and have a chance to get to the postseason. So, yeah, I'm
1: going to say this is real. Indeed. I'll say it's real, too. 7 through 10 make the play-in tournament. The Warriors are hovering around the 10 spot, and they have been for quite some time. What happens if the Giants don't hit their over-under win total? That's next.
2: Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you.